Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. Side stories. That's when the cannibalism started. Side, Side stories. stories. <laughs> yes. Back in the saddle. Back in the saddle, man. Back in the saddle. Back there in it the is. Saddle. Back, back in the, in the saddle. saddle. Oh my God, is that Marcus's voice? I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I'm going to ask you boys this because I feel like Uh-oh. we we have talked about this maybe hammered and in private, but I'd love to just put it on blast. I mean, to be fair, we could have been hammered and in public. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> you know, um, but I always consider us in a in a cone of silence. Maybe mm-hmm. that's bad. It is. I've had to uh, chastise you for it multiple times. Right, right, right. I'm a natural born entertainer, and I was trained to speak from the diaphragm. Uh huh. <laughs> but I. Uh, I was at a urinal recently, and I went to... And I, let's Tell say, me you were going to the bathroom. Because <laughs> if you're not, are you going to the bathroom, or are you just at a urinal? No, I wasn't reviewing urinals by look and taste. <laughs> I was using it. But I walk into the bathroom. I was a little inebriated, and I'm grieving. Uh-huh. I'm sitting there, and I'm... <laughs> okay, I, I cannot believe you're using Kevin's death for whatever you're about to use it for right now. And I'm grieving... Okay. I went and I was like, you know, really pushing out some pee because I, I hate the thing where it's like you're going multiple times, whatever. With the, you know, our our tubes are getting worse and worse as we get older. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm pushing and pissing, and I just sit there. I mean, like, I had a fart and I thought about it, being like, well, I mean, I'm in a bathroom, so I just let it go, just standing there with a bunch of people next to me, uh-huh. and I got a look. This guy like looked at me, and I was like, this is the bathroom. I feel like if there was a place where I can fart openly, it sure. would be here. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Well, that's right? a real, that's a milestone. Congratulations, <laughs> Henry. You're officially an old man. You know, one of those people who would go to the bathroom and be like, hope none of those are in here. And I then know. you are the one that no one wants to see at hope, the urinal. Hope I don't have a farty old fucker sitting right next to me when I go piss today. Yep, I'd rather sit by Larry Craig in an airport bathroom. <laughs> why? Oh, so that's why that guy who looked like his name was Ralph came and clapped me on the back. <laughs> like I was welcome to a club. You are. Welcome to it. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is Side This is Side, side Stories. Story. Side Stories. Yeah. I'm Ben Kissel. Marcus Parks is joining us today. Hello, hello, hello. We've untethered him from his desk and given his fingers a small break. <laughs> Let me see. Are they calloused enough? <laughs> they are calloused. Very good. Continue to work. And of they course, look like a Henry's bunch of horrible gray biscottis at the end of your knuckles. <laughs> 
And of course, Henry Zabrowski. So we got a lot of fun stories to get but to. Wait, I don't know if fun is the right get, word, but I want to say. For, but philosophically, I think I'm correct, right? You can fart at a urinal. Yeah, of course yes. you can fart at a urinal. In fact, I think that I kind of like it when people fart at a urinal. It's funny. It kind of gives it a little bit of levity to the whole situation. If, <laughs> if, if, what is it? Is it Robert, if Robert Durst mm-hmm. can confess to murdering two people at a urinal, <laughs> you can fart at the urinal. Don't even worry about it. Or is All it right. Robert Durst? Uh, it, no, Robert Durst was in Limp Biscuit. No, that's, no, no, that's Fred, Durst. Fred Durst. It Fred is Durst. Robert yeah. Durst. I, I get my Durst all, all confused. Um, we have a lot of stories that involve murderous women today, just, mm, yeah, just coincidentally. But and before I think we that get, that is brave of women. And I sure. still, we've said this before when we talked about it when we did Eileen Warnos, and we've talked about it when we did the other the female serial killers episode, being like, take the helm. Get out there, start murdering more people if you want an equal place in society. Well, I don't think that that's the way to take that, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. That's the exact wrong lesson. There that's it what is. I do here. Also, that's what I do. The whole point is that you look at my lessons on life and then you do the opposite. That's how. That's like how I talk to you. That's, I'm not going to do this because he listens to the show, but there's a couple of people professionally I reach out to just to see what they say so I can do the opposite. <laughs> so you can do the opposite. All right. Well, first of all, we're going to talk a little bit about this docu-series that just uh, debuted on Netflix. It's only four episodes. Mm-hmm. not very long. You can kind of cr- uh, cruise on through it. Uh, Henry and I finished it yesterday, and I think Marcus got a couple of eps in. It's uh, Confessions of a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes. And uh, I just want to have, we'll just do a little roundtable here and and get everyone's thoughts. Uh, Number one. I got thoughts. My number one thought is he is George W. Bush. (laughs) Um, They look the exact same. Yeah. The exact same. Remember when we did the the Bundy episode so many years ago, way, way, way before we had any fucking clue what we were doing, uh, we ended the episode with the conspiracy that George W. Bush and Ted Bundy are the exact same person. And I think what they said happened, I think someone said that they switched him back. Like oh. right before, right before Ted Bundy, uh, like because there was a Ted Bundy and there was George W. Bush and Ted Bundy. The real Ted Bundy was like a good dude, oh. like he was fine. He oh. went to law school, and all that. Like he was a good Republican. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think he got. I think what it was like he got mixed up with the Republicans when he was working in politics, and they noticed like, my God, that guy looks just like a little W. It looks little like w. little Bush. And so when Bush started fucking up, they switched him. Oh, yeah. And so Ted Bundy went down, but George W. Bush went free. All right. Well, well, one got elected to the presidency because of Florida, and one got elected to heaven. Or hell. I'm going to say hell. I'm going to say hell. I'm going to say they have the same kind of flappy little smile. Yes. Uh, And one thing that hit me about this documentary is, number one, Netflix, I feel, is doing the very classic thing, which is I feel like we kind of sprouted out of, like as a reaction to, of in some weird way, the series does feel like I'm supposed to root for Bundy. Like, oh, they're making him sound yeah. very, very impressive. Yep. Like, he is the most unstoppable monster that ever, ever was. And I do understand that he is obviously a very dangerous person. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. He's probably one of the dangerous, most dangerous people to ever exist. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, the way they lauded his attention, the way they lauded his ability to evade police and to do his fucking Machiavellian deeds, it's, uh, it was like we're supposed to be horny for it. Like, we're supposed to watch this thing and be so scared of him, and he cucked every cop that he was around where they let him take over the whole show. And I feel like Ted Bundy is in another realm right now, jerking off at how fucking scared everyone is because of this documentary. Loves it. And the the things about this documentary is that it's really... uh, no. It is an A&E serial killer 
docu-show wrapped up in a really pretty package. Because yes. it's beautiful. Because it's done it's by the well same, done. It's done yeah. by the same guys who did the Paradise Lost trilogy. I right. mean, these, these guys know what the fuck they're doing. They know how to make... And that's why it's somewhat disappointing uh, how much they glorify this guy. Uh, well, or how scary... Or it, it really... That's kind of what pisses me off because it's one of the things we've been fighting against with this show for so long is, you know, making him such a boogeyman. Like, here's, here's the boogeyman. Be afraid of the boogeyman. Keep watching so you can be more afraid of the boogeyman. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautifully done documentary. Like all yes. the archival footage and all the quick mm-hmm. shots and all the cool. It's really cool. It's very cool. Well, they tell it the was, story really well. They, they do, do a build up really, really well. And yeah. I didn't. The build up was great. Like for example, uh, he was working on the Dan Evans campaign. No idea who the hell this guy is. No, but he, you know, it was interesting. I didn't realize how um, well liked he was. He was mm-hmm. doing fairly well he was within doing great. politics. Oh, that yeah. he, and his what I thought was interesting. It. He was his, built for politics, Kissel. And unfortunately, when you're out there in the world mixing with these politicians, half of them got fucking bodies in their basement, and half of them are jerking off just thinking about if they did. <laughs> I mean, who knows what's happening in the bathrooms at News Corp? Um, but it's interesting because they interviewed his buddy, uh, and I forget his name now. He's much older now, but it basically was the dude who got uh, Bundy into politics, mm-hmm. and it was the guy who ha- he had a beige Volkswagen. That guy, Beetle. like he, and but the whole thing seemed interesting to me because that was who Donald, or that's that's who Ted Bundy was emulating. <laughs> that's yeah. who Bundy wanted to be, or at least he was like, that's a person that's respected. Or and like, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It's like that's what, and that guy loved telling that story so oh, much. Yeah. It's like you know, Bundy, he got the idea for the Volkswagen Bugs from me. Well, you, he you got, know, they're all he, like that, though. Yeah, they're yeah. all fucking like that. That sheriff from Tallahassee, that that whole rundown of that that guy is creaming his jeans trying to talk about how dangerous Ted Bundy was and the the incredible work that they did, where they just mopped up everybody else's fucking fuck ups essentially by the end, and they did good cop work by tracking him down. But still, right. whatever. One thing I will say, I'll take back from also that I take away from this series too. Ted Bundy is not even attractive enough to be an actor. He's really <laughs> oh, not that know. attractive. I like, don't know. I mean, if you look at the, they do that that picture, the courtroom picture where they do the sketch where they went and they, but when they were looking for him, when he was just Ted, when they were looking for him, and you realize like, oh, it's true. They all mentioned that he had one eye higher than the other, and one was closer to his nose. And it, when you see the picture, he looked just like that police sketch, and you're like. Oh, wow, I can never see him the same ever again. That focus up on his eyes both being fucking uneven, he looks all fucked up. But, you know, I will say he does have a chameleon-like face. And exactly. that's why he was able to just turn his hair ever so different. And everyone's like, who is that new guy in town? And it would be like, it's the same guy from yesterday. Well, that was the uh, the big thing with Ted Bunny is that all of the sketches looked uh, wildly different from each other. You know, people that saw him on the same day even gave different sketches of Ted Bundy. Right. And even when... But that's the thing is that when... the uh, sketches started coming out after the girls disappeared from uh, Lake Sammamish. Uh, Sammamish? Sammamish. Lake Sammamish. Sammamish. When he, when, when he uh, kidnapped and killed two women in Oof. one day. Uh, his friends were looking at the sketch in the paper, and that's the thing. is that, like, it, w- it said, this guy's named Ted. Right. Here's his sketch. He drives a Volkswagen bug, and all of his friends were like, <laughs> Looks like you, Ted. Right, and you have a Volkswagen. And you have a Volkswagen Bug. That that looks like you. But they. Isn't it funny? Isn't that funny? (laughs) But they were so overtaken by who Bundy was. But because I mean, really, it is. He was 
horrifically charming. Like he was able to fool people like over and over and over. And I mean, he over was able again. to convince people he had a he had a, a problem with a yacht on dry land. Yeah, but um, the, it, so. But the worst part, but really the worst part of uh, of the the docu series, and you know, and I didn't get to to see the whole thing, but um, yeah, Annie, who is uh, my research assistant for the book, mm-hmm. uh, she sent me an article last night that said that they don't talk about any of the murders in any detail whatsoever. No, the no, only they time- do. They jump around the timeline quite a bit. Yeah, they but do. I, and again, but they they mostly stress, to be honest. How good he was at serial killing. That is yes. like a, a thing about the documentary that I don't, I understand, but I don't particularly enjoy because it's there. They are very impressed by his process. But I want to again punch when the beginning of that whole docuseries shows that, I mean, the reason why he became a serial killer, like we learned with Mark Twitchell, like we've been talking about with fucking Dr. Mangala, is that uh. it comes from very intense mediocrity. Oh, yeah. It comes from somebody who literally cannot do, he could not make friends, he couldn't fit into society, he was sort of good in politics, which does, I guess, take somebody who is a hollow shell of a human being. Yeah, and but it takes the- a lot of mediocrity. Yes, that's, that's not a bad thing to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be a Republican in uh, the late seventies, early eighties definitely takes a fair amount of media, or at least mid, early to mid seventies takes a lot of mediocrity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, obviously, he did get into law school, but it was a small school. He didn't get any of the esteem that he wanted. He had no. this version of himself that was just grander than who he was. He was really insecure about not having money, and he was such a he's lazy. And that's why he wanted to leapfrog hard work by marrying really wealthy women, or he was attracted to wealthy women and classy women. But then he would be like, but I can't date them because I don't have enough money. So that it was this really vicious cycle of wanting to be in a class that he wasn't in, but didn't have the work ethic to then get there the right way. And speaking of, uh, you know, marrying wealthy and speaking of uh, the the woman that was supposedly the, uh, what is it, the victim prototype, uh, who was known for years as uh, Stephanie Brooks, uh, I don't I didn't think anyone actually knew who she was before this. Like it seems like this documentary blew the lid off of this woman's fucking life and yes. showed her name, showed her picture, you know, because Stephanie Brooks was the name that Anne Rule used in The Stranger Beside Me. And, you know, as far as I know, people use the name Stephanie Brooks for years and years and years uh, because this woman has no, there's no reason for her to be involved in this. And no, she's a victim just she's, like, yeah, she's, you know. I mean, she's, I mean, to, to her, Ted Bundy's a bad ex-boyfriend, you know, yeah, and of it, there's no reason, and it, it seemed classless to me the, to just say like here's this woman's first and last name and here's a picture of her and here's all the things well, that she did you, in college and it, I'll it just, tell you what it, it seemed it just it seemed really sleazy it is well, the running gag that they also just did with the Fire Festival documentary where they essentially paid image they paid fuck Jerry again to make money on the disaster that they helped produce that they then basically they double made money by then producing the 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 uh, gotcha documentary about the people that they about the crimes that they were also technically involved when involved in even within a fringe the Netflix at this point is like trying desperately to mm-hmm. scoop they want to scoop. Oh, they yeah. want to do that kind of shit, well, which is I, I don't know how to feel about it because I understand the want. I understand you want to bring new information to the table. We've been reading about uh, Ted Bundy for years, so you want to add like new things. But in the end, it's like what are what are we losing us, also in that? It, it tells was, us nothing. And not only no, that. it was interesting though. You know, when you just when you think about the escapes, the double escapes, that was fascinating. Seeing the jail cell where he's absolutely out of yeah. 
And when he traveled all across the country, literally one coast to the other, I mean, it was it was fascinating yeah. to remember that you could do that. Number one, and number two, when he like, I forgot that he went to Michigan, yeah. to watch the Michigan football team the, the play. Road, at, yeah, the road and he got into a yeah. fight at the bar, yeah, because he was such an asshole that he almost <laughs> yes. got into a fist fight at a bar. Yeah. Well, he was also at that time in the middle of a manic episode. Oh yeah, uh, after he because that that is that story his escape like because I, I I don't know exactly how much they they tell because I didn't get that far into the documentary series but that story is amazing where he uh, breaks out of prison because he's what he did was he uh, dug a ho- or he cut a hole in the ceiling yep. of uh, his jail cell he lost weight he purposely started sleeping later uh, up until like 11 o'clock so the jailers got trained to not bring him his food until about 11 o'clock every day so what he would do every night is he would go in and out of the hole every single night right. and explore the jail to see what the best route well, of escape was and then once he finally got out he started hitchhiking he got a uh, a ride from a guy. He told the guy, "Hey, my wife is going into labor uh, in another city. I need to get to the uh, airport right now." And how air- he got the airport tickets? Because since he was working as his own legal defense, he had a credit card that he could use to make long distance phone calls. So he used the credit card to get a plane ticket to Chicago. Uh, and by the time the uh, by the time anyone knew that Ted Bundy was gone, he'd been gone for seventeen hours, and he was one thousand miles well, away i also I, didn't realize that the guards the it was the jail it was the jailer the, he had an apartment yes. right above the cell yeah of, there were a couple of strategic <laughs> mistakes i would say yes. in the planning of yeah. that prison Yeah, he dropped down to the jailer's closet because he started crawling up there and he could hear them having dinner below him i crazy it, it is interesting because i don't want again i don't want to blow up and say that he was this devious mastermind but there he put a lot of work and there was a lot of blind eyes turned towards him and I, I think it also it had quite to do with his looks and it's a part of the reason why he was allowed to do what he did because he just looks like a normal kind of unassuming man like he's vaguely good looking and he just kind of has this kind of affable like <laughs> I hate the smug laugh though that yeah. they oh, hit at all time <laughs> well and you really but, see uh, that his, Natalie actually put it so we were watching together and like I don't you know like it's it's hard because it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to bring up but it literally is the 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 full extent of white privilege where like to be honest you're watching the story being like you guys aren't gonna wail on him really oh my god well even you really could have just he could have used it's like if if there's any time there's gonna be a little bit of police abuse a little bit of maybe some of excessive force i feel like maybe we could have grabbed him and fucking like beat the shit out of him a couple of times especially after he was wanted for a bunch of different murders and all that kind of shit I understand but it's like once you really realize the extent of his crimes maybe good for somebody to kind of give him a fucking whack on the side of the head and maybe he was a little disoriented it'll be a little difficult for him to be constantly planning how to escape absolutely they could have done a little Polish family reunion right there of course (laughs) they could have had some violence there's no denying that and it's interesting to that point when he got arrested the first time it was the first time, maybe the second time, when he sped away from the officer. Mm-hmm. The officer chases him down, and the officer talks about he got into a fight with the guy. He tried to go for his gun. The officer hit him in the head with his revolver. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. old school. Now it is three in the chest. Ventilated. Um, Ventilate him. That's what they should have fucking done. I can't believe how much shit he got away with. No, he just it, got it, away. I guess that's a part of it. He just got away with so much shit. And it was like they did that big, they showed it in the third episode where the, the, the sheriff of Tallahassee wanted to publicly 
publicly indict him. And so they put him out, no handcuffs on, no in a press pool, hanging out. They read it to him on live television, and he get then it's like you just gave him a platform. He is loving this shit. You yeah, guys just it. kept giving him the these this this stuff. You gave him all this ammo to run with, and then you yeah. gave him a, a recorder, and that's where he starts yeah. to remind me of BTK because of mm. how much he loves the sound of his own voice. He absolutely does. I did not the new information that I got from this though, and I'm not sure if if we covered this. I we obviously that was years and years ago uh, when we spoke about this well, man. But um, when he cross examined. The man who went into the sorority house first in Tallahassee. Yeah. The great detail that he made him go into about how the bodies were placed, all the bite marks, the physicality of it was so eerie. Well, that's the interesting. The interesting thing about that incident is that um, Ted Bundy's uh, trial was one of the very first televised trials in mm. American history. Uh, and everyone across the country watched the Ted Bundy trial. And because he was charming and because he was kind of good looking. TV uh, friendly. The American T because he, he was, was very yeah. TV friendly, uh, and he also dressed TV friendly. Like when he'd wear those fucking like Seattle Supersonics sweaters, he wore he one shirt. He, he, he wore a belly shirt in one of the pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And because he was so TV friendly, uh, America was kind of split. On this guy, like he was, Ted Bundy was like a little popular, and they're like, well, I don't know, like wow, yeah. he and really, like at the end of the day, the science, uh, the what is it, the tooth bite science Oof. is kind of junk science. Like it's not, right. it's not great science. It's not pr- really that good a science. So people were a little apprehensive, like, oh well, maybe, maybe he didn't do it. Maybe this is just bad luck. Right. But after that cross examination, after it was obvious that he took this guy, uh, after it was obvious that he took this police officer up to ask. Ask him all these questions because he made him do all these details. We made him talk over about all over. this over yeah. and over and over again. And then asked no follow-up questions. Right. And then just sat down. Because it was obvious he just wanted to hear it. But like, yeah. No, no. It was like he had managed to flip the whole thing to be a uh, an, ex- an expression of his horrific crimes yep. and lay them out in front of everyone. And everyone gets to witness it, and he's totally in charge. He's this right. Machiavellian fucking devious piece of shit. Don't you see how evil my deeds are? All it is is making him ho- harder and harder. Yep, and he really thought he was going to get away with it. I firmly believe that. This story also had, in my opinion, other than Ted Bundy, who is obviously the worst character in the story, Carol Ann Boone, that was the woman he got engaged oh, yeah. to under oath when oh, she Boone. was testifying. Yeah. <laughs> she was just driving me insane. They ended up having a child because the uh, the uh, corrections it's, officer yeah, turned not, his way, turned they, his back, and let him have sex. I thought um, they snuck come out. No, no, they, it happened oh, there. They, they had conjugal had, visits. They had conjugal the, visits. Wow, okay. he could actually do it. They actually could fuck. I didn't get to the very end. I didn't. Yeah, get, they yeah, actually we, did it. So they had a kid. I didn't know that. Ugh. Yeah, dude, it was. And they had family pictures. She had a son from another relationship, but she was. So you had the first. So we had two escapes. We had mass murder. So beautiful girls uh, being killed. Now we have a fucking uh, dude, like, Machiavellian, like like Bundy, an engagement. Uh, and then, and then, of course, it ends with a televised execution. It is the perfect television true crime show. I mean, it, I mean, this is a Ted Bundy. It is a, a amazing story. Like, it is, the but the way that they framed it too. End, I mean, if you're, this story. is like this is before like everyone was a, was a reality show producer in their own. I mind. mean, but like, it just shows that it's a it's like a strain of humankind. Right. I don't want to mention how many people this reminds me of currently that are also in, like you know in charge right now. But a part of like the people that understand intrinsically how to get eyeballs and cameras on them, and, and he is just one of those guys where it's like if he had if. 
Again, if he had gotten positive validation in other realms, he technically would have uh, probably also killed people, but would have been a very successful TV producer. I, I mean, it is possible. I mean, even the one thing that bothered me about this was, again, they didn't focus enough on the victims, the victims' families and what the victims no. went through. They did show what the judge said, however, to Bundy. And as we did talk about this, I didn't quite realize how much the judge truly loved Ted the, Bundy. The judge was like, in just absolutely smitten with Bundy. And when you talk Ugh. about privilege, as Henry mentioned, without a doubt, like the fact that that judge looked at him and been like, and was like, "You would have made a great lawyer." It's a shame we didn't get to work together. He was more concerned with the waste of Ted Bundy's potential yeah. than They're the death like of thirty six people. They're all um, treating it, him with kid gloves. They're all right. t- they kept calling him special. And yeah. it's just like, go fuck yourself. He's not special. No. He did the, the easiest thing in the world is to is to give in to those dark impulses. That's right. the easiest shit to do. And you all, the all just couldn't get over yourselves. To right. Talk, to, more so to talk about how evil he was. But then it was fascinating because at the end when they show all the students that were there in Tallahassee when they finally uh, ended up executing him, that made my skin crawl a little bit too. Well, we're, just the, the the you know fried fried Ted fry oh. like just the spectacle that it became. I was, will admit I do own a burn Bundy burn. T-shirt. No, I wanted one as soon as I saw it. <laughs> I literally as soon as I saw the guy take it out of his trunk, he burn burn Bundy burn. I was like, I wish he had it in black. Yeah. Why is that shirt white? I don't wear white shirts. Caroline got me a burn Bundy burn T-shirt for uh, what is it for my birthday Pretty this big. year because I mentioned that I wanted one back when I was writing the Bundy chapter in like June. That's so funny. <laughs> she's, very, she's very, very sweet. But well, the thing about uh, this information, too, is that, it, 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 you know, they bill it as, you know, the Bundy tapes. Yes. This is all new information. This is based on, like, the book was written in 1989. It's called The Only Living Witness. Like, these, and the guys, the, based on these tapes, like, this is nothing new. Maybe these tapes have never been heard before, but it's, on the other end, you know, it's Bundy saying shit that doesn't really matter. You know, it's it doesn't, all just bleh, 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 It gives you no new insight into yeah. who Bundy is. It's, I mean, it is a cash grab. The, this, yep. uh, it is a cash grab that is uh, meant to. It, it's piggybacking on the Zac Efron movie, uh, of course, of which course. looks weird as well. Um, yeah, they're making it kind of like it's. It seems like it's kind of like a comedy. It's kind of like a higher energy kind uh, of thing where they're trying to kind well, of give it some pizzazz, see, that's what someone, to it. That. What someone who saw it said that it it is like a seventies rock biopic, like with needle drops and like uh, fat, like fast cut. And shit like that. Yeah, that is and, why and I don't. And I don't know. And they'd better because that's the thing about both this documentary series and probably the movies. Well, I don't know. Uh, but there, if they don't go into the actual murder, right? Like because there's a there's a reason. Like we don't go into the actual murders and the details of the actual murders. Uh, just as you know, morbid like murder tourists. Like we're doing it to show you what these guys actually do. Right. This yes. is what they do. This is what they did. This is who this piece of shit is. This is who these people are. Like it's showing people what the fuck happened, what the consequences right. of these things are and how fucking yeah. awful. They're not cool. Uh they're not sexy because that's the thing you watch Ted Bunny this entire 
entire you watch that documentary series and they don't go into him sawing off uh, a head and throwing it into his girlfriend's uh, fucking furnace or throwing it in his girlfriend's fireplace or you don't talk about him putting makeup on uh, severed heads or no, having sex do with that. or having sex with a corpse over a series of like four days or possibly nope. keeping a woman alive uh, and raping her over and over and over again over a period of days uh, out in the woods right. you know, or you know, the two girls after um, Sam, uh, Sam, Samamish uh, those two girls how he took them both to a farmhouse and he uh, raped and killed one while he made the other one watch oh, if yeah. you don't go through any of that shit if you don't talk about right. any of that shit then yeah Ted Bundy's a sexy figure they can't make right. him like a yeah. rock and roll god yeah, that way because roll. it's just murder because oh it's just murder murder murder's fine murder murder's whatever you know right, he's a, right. he be, it's a cult figure thing he becomes fucking billy the kid or something Yes, it's exactly what it is. It's a lovable outlaw all of yeah, a sudden. Right. And all of a sudden, you're in the middle mm-hmm. of this being like, are you trying to, like, watching this series being like, are you trying to tell me to root for this motherfucker? Like, right. I'm supposed to act like all of this, like he's Robin Hood or some bullshit? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, man, he was an incredibly dangerous person that yeah. uh, just happened to be uh, flawed enough as a human being to act to activate that part of his mind and make it, right. uh, make it like, put it on the world. And, yeah. of course, perfect timing, just technology wasn't there yet, and he yeah. worked with the police departments uh, previously. He knew the behind-the-scenes work. Uh, he knew how to, um, he knew exactly how to get away with it for a long yeah. time. Uh, but absolutely, that was one of the things that they definitely should have put in. They did tell the story about the woman that he kidnapped who was able to get away, which is horrific, well, but well, that was yeah. obviously was going to get a lot worse. But, yeah, uh, but, but, you but, know, they don't really go into that. They mentioned the necrophilia a little bit at the end. A little bit at the end, um, yeah. And it's but such a they, huge part of it. And, and the article, you know, the article that I mentioned earlier uh, that, you know, talks about stuff it, it's uh, by katie dowd published at san francisco gay it's called netflix's ted bundy documentary is almost everything that's wrong with the true crime genre all right <laughs> uh, it's a it's a it's a really it's a good read like i i yeah. recommend it. yeah annie annie sent it over to me but it, yeah it's it's a really good read and it yeah the, these the sorts of crimes that that these people do the actual uh details it's not it's not about being morbid it's about showing right. what these people uh, actually, actually, fucking are. I mean, I, I doubt. I doubt there would be as as many girls talking about how uh, nice Richard Ramirez's uh, hair looks if they knew about him. Um, you know, it, carving out the eyes and putting them in a jewelry box and taking him back honestly, to uh, the Cecil Hotel and uh, laughing later. What I think would really turn him off is the halitosis. Of yes, yes, because yes, that's a thing that's never actually sexy. It's never, <laughs> no one actually misconstrues that. But again, you know, this is, people are going to do what they're going to do. And people handle these news the way that they handle these news. Right. You know what but, I mean? I don't really understand. I mean, uh, I, you know, we were looking at pictures of what the bitch from Buchenwald, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Ilse, Ilse Kirk. And I'm not into her. <laughs> and that's technically <laughs> like my type. Yeah. Like tall, busty, you know yeah, what I mean? That, and I'm not yeah. into her. Oh yeah, Ilsa no. Cook. That that was a uh, that was Ed Gein's uh, lady right there. Oh yeah. my yeah, goodness! Yeah. But for I feel like if that relationship, just wait for the book. Oh, just, right. But honestly, I can't look. I but because normally in a man's mind, way I could maybe just separate the boobies from the thing, but I can't with her. So I think that makes me better. And then also, Good. I mean, even with Casey Anthony, I would have to be very hard pressed to date her. <laughs> a very hard press to, to date her. Wow. What about to date just, her? What about just a general like just a going, meet and greet? Just say, just say, yeah, meet and greet. Say, say, <laughs> like, hey, hello. Let's, we're in a we're in a parallel universe where where you and Natalie never met, and yeah. you know that you're on the. This is three years single, Henry, 
And yep. you're down in St. Petersburg visiting your parents, and in walks yep. Casey Anthony. Depends and, on what kind of Tuesday it is. And also <laughs> depends right. if there is a goddamn, is there some guy just playing acoustic guitar or some, like, some hot, it's slick, like, some... Some fucking early Santana. Maybe My friend, some... it is St. Petersburg on a Tuesday. Every bar's got a guy with an acoustic guitar. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm just glad I didn't Somebody... bump into O.J. Simpson because he was at the same fucking bar that he, that he... His bar is the same hotel that we stayed at for our wedding. Which wouldn't that have been fun? Well, honestly, you might bump into O.J. at some point. He's out and about or about to go out. He's yeah. always having fun. Um, all right. That's, that's basically a little synopsis on the Netflix series Ted Bundy yeah remember the crimes um I, I would say you know watch the docu docu series you will pick up some stuff that's interesting yeah. I, it was interesting how he could only shed light on his crimes in the third person mm. and, you know but it's all this that psychological shit, all of that stuff is it's very it's interesting, interesting but it's also in a book that came out 30 years ago yeah. but at the uh, if you're a visual learner like me I like watching it so obviously yes. I would still recommend the docu series it's pretty thorough it's just Remember what you're for me. I'm I say it to myself. I'm like, remember what you're watching, why you're watching it. I'm watching it essentially, right. I'm watching it for this show, and I'm watching it because of my general interest in true crime. But it did once it slides into this area of like treating him like he's Batman, then I'm checked out. No, I know it, it turned into a um, the story of a failed lawyer and what he yes. could have been. Well, also, hey man, Bruce MacArthur, he fucking uh, he pleaded guilty, eight counts this morning. So he's all now, right, he's yeah, going, he's going to the Canadian Slammer, which we know is we know how strict that is. Oh yeah, <laughs> three no poutine, no poutine on Mondays. No, all right, no. but on Mondays sometimes. That's sometimes, right. if you're good, we'll <laughs> give it to you. But normally, no poutine on Mondays. Poutine will be served regularly and hot. <laughs> from Tuesday through Sunday. Oh, that's nice. Bruce Mac Bruce MacArthur, of course, he killed eight people uh, in Canada, mostly or all uh, gay men. So it's uh, he has pleaded guilty and, and he is sentenced. I didn't follow this story. Wasn't it mostly Middle Eastern gay men? Yes, a chunk was, of them. Yes, and yeah. it was a part of it is the Les Dead scenario. Part yeah. of it is they're saying that he wasn't picked up because he looked like a, a, a very nice grandpa, and they didn't realize that he was in full into S the S and M scene, and they didn't know how to. To gauge all that, and then he just hid body parts and planters all wow. over Toronto. Yeah, yeah. It's, wow. he was a landscaper, very, very yeah. creative oh. boy, very wow. creative. So, yeah, so, so he, he put body parts in the scapes that he, or the land commercial landscaping, I yes. believe. Ooh. Yes, so yeah, it was. Buddy. No, we'll wow. be covering him one day. Yeah. Yes. Uh, each of the first degree murder charges carry an automatic life sentence, meaning he when they must be, I guess, running um, uh, concurrently because he's going to be eligible for parole when he is 91 years old. So it doesn't look like he'll be getting out. Um, yes. And mostly uh, Middle Eastern men. Um, so there you go. So anyway, that's that's a good story. He is he is away as he should be. He's 67 years old now. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. 
We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. Um, all right. Well, as we mentioned earlier, um, today, I guess it's I don't know why the news stories uh, this week, a lot of lady killers out there. There um, are. So this one comes to us. The The title of it is why a Washington woman's boyfriend turned her in for murder after a concerning Facebook message. After learning his girlfriend had been accused of murdering his ex's mother, a Washington state man called 911. Ashley Horning is her name. And honestly, I'm not going to. I'm not going to regress on what big steps Henry made regarding not being attracted to horrible people, but uh, <laughs> she is quite, she's she quite attractive. She kind of looks like Snooky. 
well, more honestly, more attractive than that. I forgot about your thing for Snooky. I was you remember <laughs> I met Snooky. I remember. Yeah, we used to talk about back on the round table all yeah, the time. Well, of yeah. course, I, I met Snooky. She had an entourage about eighteen people deep. Uh-huh. Uh, wasn't able to get that close. She's very tiny. Yeah. Uh, she she wrote a book about motherhood. So <laughs> so we're doing fine. Um, Ashley Horning, she is 25 years old. She's being held on a million-dollar bond after Spokane police charged her uh, with second-degree murder of Christina Powell, the 48-year-old mother of her ex and the grandmother of her young daughter. Zachary Gardner told, uh, this is local news, KXLY. Oh, yeah, Clixy. Clixy News. He and Horning had been dating for several weeks when he discovered she was a murder suspect, which I believe is the Michael Myers. Isn't that so I married an axe murderer? Isn't that exactly that premise from that movie? I will tell you, he had the reaction that I could totally see from this dude. He's like, she's a good woman. I tell you that for sure. Obviously, it's... Hard for some people to see right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. She was she was attractive enough for him to be like, well, she's not all bad. So she's like, this cool. Kind of the- she's like, she let me play video games and shit. <laughs> we fucking chill. Like, lot lot chicks don't like chill. So she's like super chill. So it's like, guess you gotta murder somebody. Guess if it gets out of your system, you won't fucking hassle me. Fucking cool. <laughs> she kind of looks like Casey Anthony in a way. Well, this is like the Casey Anthony story because remember the guy that uh, everyone said was Casey Tony. Anthony's. Boyfriend Tony, yeah, Tony, Tony Lazaro, was That's that his right. name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, they, everyone was like Casey Anthony's boyfriend is like, no, they were just fucking getting high and playing Smash Brothers for like two weeks. Well, before all of this shit went down, she was this woman Horning was doing a little bit more than that. She fatally shot Powell on Thursday morning before going on the run from the police. Court documents obtained by People Magazine confirmed Gardner received a Facebook message from Horning not long after Powell's killing. In it, she expressed suicidal thoughts. Gardner said he went to meet with Horning, uh, who was sitting on the bench about a mile from the crime scene. Uh, this is what he says. He says, long story short, long story short, I uh, picked her up because I thought something was off. <laughs> It was it was then that he said that Horning showed him a news story about how police were searching for her. Uh, he, Gardner says, it was like a stressful situation. And I said, we're going to turn you in. <laughs> She agreed. <laughs> she agreed, and then Gardner Gardner told the station, "Please, where I, she was." And uh, so he said. He said Horning was anxious, depressed, and wanted custody of her two children, who were staying with their fathers. Um, yeah, so I just she understand. Had, You're a new bro on the scene, right? Uh, you just are getting used to. It. It's like maybe I could like date. I guess. I guess uh, she's cool. Whatever. She's chill. She's chill. And then all of a sudden, you're like, she's maybe a murder suspect, and the guy. He's just in the middle of being like, well, you know, fucking shit, dude. My fucking grandpa, like, watched a movie on Vietnam and fucking told me about it. So people fucking get killed, dude. I fucking don't know. Like, a bro's powerful shield against trauma is, is, I'm very jealous of. It really is. I just love his life. Knowing her personally, that wasn't something she would normally be capable of or want to do. (laughs) No. It's like, you've been dating her for two fucking weeks, dude. Yep. (laughs) She wanted custody of her kids from her father. There's nothing wrong uh, with having kids out there, but my goodness gracious. So apparently, the gun that she used uh, to kill this poor woman, she tossed it into the Spokane uh, River, and it's unclear as of Monday if Horning had entered a plea of the charges she faces or if she has retained a lawyer who could comment on her behalf. So uh, she shot her ex's mother. 
Yes, and Damn. the and the grandmother of her child. So it was one. So it's you know there's some close. I'm there's assuming a lot, that the grandmother was taking, there's a lot to unpack here I'm about sure. whatever their relationship is. It seems like what it is is that the grandmother was probably taking care of the child. This woman sounds absolutely fucking Crazy. insane. The grandmother yeah. was trying to have the child's best interest. And in you don't tell me how I raised my baby. You don't tell me yeah. how I raised my fucking baby. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure. and she probably told her stay the fuck away from here. Oh. You're not allowed in this house anymore. Uh, this woman loses her fucking mind and shoots her in the face. So yep. apparently, horning. This is uh, she was talking from prison. She says she has no memory of the alleged murder, and she <laughs> only course. realized oh, she weird. was in trouble. She weird. only realized when she was in trouble. So yeah, strange how you black that out. Yeah. Huh. Flames. She- Flames shooting up the side of my face, and then nothing. <laughs> like you can see, Maddie, like, I love I it. I just simply can't. Okay, it's Tuesday. What am I doing? I'm chilling with Brad because he wants to be chilled. We're so we're chilling, and I'm good at chilling. I'm super chill. He knows that I'm chill. And then it's just Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Madeline Kahn, one of the greatest of all time. She realized she was in trouble when she saw social media postings about her wanted uh, status. So that is great. she's got some disconnect going on, and uh, it's just sad when like that. Is that where we are now in society, where you don't know you're a murderer until you see it on Twitter? It's a social media posting. So does that mean that her friends were posting? Hey Ashley, where are you? I think you're one of her murder. Or and does she follow the local police department on Twitter? I have no I idea. Straight up, I imagine she got a Facebook message being like, I think you're guilty of murder. <laughs> and she's like, no way. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my goodness. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash last pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash last pod. Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. 
Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it, and she loved it, and she wore it when we went on vacation, and model did everybody come around being like, where'd you get that piece, you beautiful woman? And I was like, stop talking to my wife. She's spoken for. You can see it with the Blue Nile bling she's got on her. Right now, get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Okay. I like this other story. College student stabbed her best friend 30 to 40 times. Now, I'm not going to say that this is indicative of sometimes the fraught relationships that women have with other women. But it seems intense because there doesn't seem a lot that made this pop off. I don't know what happened. Well, all right. So this is for I don't know if fun is a fun is the right uh, adjective to use, but it's interesting. A so, Virginia college student murdered her quote unquote because I'm going to put this in quotes. Yeah, best they put friend <laughs> and roommate by stabbing her as many as 40 times with a butcher knife in Ugh. an off campus apartment. They shared police said Lisa Cutting. Interesting. 21 uh, from Jeffersonton, no, Virginia, which sounds Je- like you're making up a name. It's called Jefferton. Jefferson. Jefferson. No, it <laughs> literally should... is. It really is like, yeah, I'm my name is Robert from, Je- from Jefferson. Jefferson <laughs> Ton Virginiolia. She's charged with second degree murder, which I don't even understand, for the death of fellow Radford University student Alexa Cannon, formerly of Roanoke, according to a press release from the Radford City Police Department. Cutting was being held in a local jail on no bond. Police responded to a 911 call around 7.45 Thursday. During the Mm. call, a police dispatcher said she heard someone shouting and referencing a knife. When officials arrived at the off-campus apartment where the woman resided, they saw cutting covered in blood, 
and cutting, put her arms behind her head and said, arrest me, the search warrant said. I killed her, Cutting said, after the police asked her what was going on. I don't, I was pronounced s- dead at the scene. If you're an officer, uh, hey, what's going on? What's going <laughs> on? What's going on? Arrest me. I killed her. What's, what's going, going on? on? You guys been making some kind of strawberry Sundays over here. I know how you <laughs> girls like to spend your Thursday evenings making Sundays ago. That is how, like, just utterly shocked the mind, I'm assuming, of a male police officer is. She was like, she's covered in blood. She mm. says, arrest me. I killed her. Are you guys baking? What's going <laughs> what on happening here? What do you mean? What's going on here? What is that? Police did not reveal a motive for the killing. Posts on Canon social media pages indicate that the girls had a close relationship. I met this girl two years ago online, and somehow we ended up living across from each other for a year. And this summer, she was equivalent to my mom in Cancun. <sighs> and unimaginably, she still puts up with me. And now we're living together next year. I love you more, Lou, and everyone pray that we don't kill each other this year. Cannon said on Instagram. Okay, so that is the victim. That is a victim, uh, Miss Cannon there. That's what she said on Instagram. Let's pray we don't kill each other this year. A post on Cannon's Facebook page from July read, So incredibly proud of my best friend, Louisa Cutting, for becoming Latino Student Alliance's president. I know you're going to be amazing with everything you do. Love you more. Love you so much. Cutting wrote, but I also Ugh. thought it was really weird that they all of the knife emojis at the end of it was very well, like strange, very and, very out of the out of character for her. So it looks like Cutting is doing fairly well here in school, but maybe this has something to do with a mental break. Uh, apparently, Cutting is on uh, is on interim suspension at the university. That's according to Caitlin Skaggs at Radford. At Radford University's Associate Vice President for University Relations. Um, this is according to the university statement from the student Brian Hempful. He said, this is a tragic moment for our campus community and the Radford family. During this difficult time, we ask that you provide support uh, to your fellow Highlanders. Um, so I guess... But there it, can be only one! <laughs> I know! That, that is a horrible name. That's a horrible name. Uh, I just... I mean... Honestly, I I feel like you can feel the tension, the murderous tension, when you see back and forth social media posts of of two young women saying, like, love you, love you more. Right. It does kind of feel like if you think that you love me more, I'll fucking kill you. Like, you can kind of feel that energy. Mm -hmm. Yes. The statement from the university goes on. The days and months to come will uh, will also be difficult as we extend our deepest sympathies as well as our thoughts and prayers to the family and loved ones. Stabbing somebody student. 30 times yeah. takes an incredible amount of rage. I mean, that's you the must, low end. That is insane. That's like that's insane. Like, I, I wonder what, what uh, because especially in the middle of doing it, like, how do you, like, I, uh, I'm i not going to say I understand, but I can kind of see the impulse, like, stab or hurt somebody, do some kind of thing out of a crazy fucking impulse. You're, you're an emotional uh, basket case, and you're kind of on the edge, and then something happens, you get in a fight, and come b- bullshit like that. But how is... 30 stab wounds, second-degree murder. Because it sounds like she really wants to do it. It's not like accidentally knocking somebody over a railing or some shit or, right. or, or some kind of horrible accident. Yeah, I'm not sure. 30 to 40, I mean... I mean, there must be some sort of mitigating factors going on here. I mean, with the... the sort, Well, I... I it with with something like that, like I think crimes of passion, things like that, is 
second degree murder, like if it's okay. like a pop off type of thing, uh, like in the moment, in the heat of the moment. I believe that's sometimes second degree murder. I mean, depending. Um, but uh, first degree murder is like mm. that fully premeditated. I'm going to kill you, planning it out, all that sort of might shit. Be more, it might yeah. be easier to prove as well. Yeah. Uh, perhaps death penalty would come with first. Who knows? I'm not yeah, quite yeah, capital, sure. Yeah, capital um, murder and all that type of shit. But with, with as far as stabbing someone like that goes, oh. like as many times from what we've heard what we've read from people who've done things like that is that they keep stabbing until the rage runs out and that's oh, why they keep stabbing is that it's not ah, they don't keep stabbing because like I want to kill them they keep stabbing because the rage that they're feeling is still there and they don't stop stabbing until the rage has abated and then that's when you get that feeling of oh god what have I done well that's your Bundy right when he went in he had the uh, he had the sorority house went Frickin' totally bonkers, and then he killed two more. Different. That's a, well. That's a different psychology, though, because that that kind of psychology is uh, that's serial killer psychology. I mean, it is a, a berserker mode, but it comes from a different place. Like it comes from a like that kind of rage comes from a different place. It's more of a rage at you know that uh, what is it the fucking what did he call it the entity? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys the remember entity. The entity. He wasn't the only one who had an entity. I, I wanted to uh, mention this. John Wayne Gacy also yes. had an entity. Remember the in- name of his. Entity? Oh, I don't even. What was it called? Jack Hanley. Yeah, Jack Hanley, who was a cop. Yeah, because you remember he was like Detective oh, Hanley, and that's God. when he would drive around in his car that was outfitted like a fucking cop car. That was his like shadow personality. Oh my goodness! Yeah, oh yeah, right, yeah. Jack, that, he's Jack the gay Hanley. one. Yeah, uh, that's a gay one right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's continue on with the theme of the news stories. Uh, more uh, ladies in trouble. Now, this one involves a cult leader. In New Mexico, uh, the name of this gal, uh, she is. Her name is Deborah Green. Uh, man, she, she she is impressive looking. I am loving this uniform, man. Well, I'm sure that you are. She called herself the General, and you might say, "Well, that seems like an awful, awful, um, awfully militant name for a cult leader or a Christian cult leader." Well, the name of her Christian cult was quote Aggressive Christian Mission Training Corps, which yeah, is the most on the nose I've ever heard for a description of an aggressive Christian cult. This shit's pretty pretty intense. It's also the Aggressive Christianity Mission's Training Corps, training the Aggressive Christianity Mission. Uh, it doesn't roll. I will say it does not roll off the tongue. Mission's Training Corps. <laughs> Abbreviated ACMTC, which is what they call themselves, also known as the Holy Tribal Nation of Free Love Ministries or the Life Force Team. Uh, okay, those are, those are much better than ACMTC or Aggressive Christian Mission Training Corps. It is you know, they like sounding real ever. official. They like, like it to be as intense as possible. So De- Deborah, Deborah Green, she was sentenced Wednesday in district court in Grants right after one of the victims gave emotional testimony about what was happening on the this compound. So the victim said, emotionally, she broke me as a child to the point where I where I still today struggle with my own self-confidence, my self-esteem, and my sense of worth. Um, so she actually got sentenced. So the victim asked District Court Judge James Sanchez to give seven, the 71-year-old Green the maximum sentence of 108 years. So she is really... She's in it. This is well, going to be uh, maybe the the future for uh, the dude of the Nexium cult. Perhaps he's going to look at similar uh, years behind bars as well. 
Well, these guys were a little bit even more serious than the Nexium cult because the Nexium cult was a little bit more about pleasing the leader. These are people that believe that they were creating a modern Christian army, and it seemed like they Oof. had because the they were known as generals because uh, her her official title within the cult was General Green, and they also right. know, we call each other back and forth. And it seems to be it's a, like a Christian version of Scientology, but they were also armed. Yes, where they had many concentric circles of membership there was obviously many different ranks and the children were raised in a children of god like quote-unquote free love society and they also did not believe in medicine so you say 108 years this woman just seems like she might have had a rough childhood or something well children of god is the is the right um comparison because green got 72 years this is again uh deborah green she got 72 years for three counts of child rape two counts of kidnapping and one count of child abuse at the start of the trial it was revealed green was accused of convincing her daughter to take a newborn baby from uganda in the 1990s the child was brought to the compound where it was physically and sexually abused uh, this is this woman is obviously uh, completely disgusting, and it's an, this is one of the most most egregious uh, cults I can think of when it comes to the sexual nature that's led by a woman. Uh, is, is is that is that unique? I'll tell you what, man. Again, big ups for the ladies getting in there. You got to take up that space in there. You can't let the know. dudes be the ones who have to be the cult leaders, man. You got to get in there. You got to start. To, 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 sisters are doing it for themselves. But man. the only other I, cult leader that we covered was that one chick who has that compound out there that's just kind of witchy. It doesn't seem like there's any sexual abuse going on. It's mm-hmm. that does kind of that. That's a little different, isn't it's it? It's much different. Yeah. There's there real. are there are other female cult leaders that we haven't even talked about this because we want to do. Um, we want to do more. Obviously, we love Celt episodes. It's our favorite shit on the face of the planet. But because of the deep nature of it, how much shit is involved. Um, but there are stuff like the uh, the woman Silvia Moraz Moreno, who was a co-leader of a violent cult called La Santa Muerta, um, called the Saint Death. Um, seems to be they're involved in the cartels and they do quite a bit of human sacrifices to appease Oof. their god of death to help protect their various drug dealings. Actually, I, I believe Carolina covered that one on uh, Escuela Sangre. Ooh, if you speak, if you speak Spanish, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that shit is particularly fucking awful. Yes, it, it's really brutal. And even if you don't speak Spanish, uh, check out uh, what is it? Just lastpodcastnetwork.com, right? Yeah. And she has the scripts in English. Yeah, all so the scripts you can are follow in English. Along. Yeah, so you can follow along, or if you're just interested in uh, reading about the uh, crimes of uh, Latin America. Uh, there's a lot. What's there to talk about? <laughs> there's a whole thing. It's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. There's a bunch of there's other Chinese cult I eventually want to co- cover called Falun Gong that is supposed to be that uses mm. dancers much like Om Shinrikyo to like kind of present how cool and fun their group is. Huh, it seems to be there's quite a bit of that actually Within China, it seems to be there's a there is a couple of uh, female run cults out of China, which is okay. I mean I guess good for them. Yeah, I guess female run cults just might not be uh, necessarily an American thing because it seems like around the world, you know, there are plenty. Because I mean, well, children of God, like uh, a lot of the uh, higher ups, uh, they were, but there were women that were definitely involved in the sexual abuse, specifically yeah, when you get around little Ricky. To little Ricky and all oh, that type of stuff, which I don't really want to think about again. But and even Jonestown, we talked about how important the women were within the uh, organizational structure of Jonestown, but it was a little bit more unofficial. Which another interesting thing. 
thing about this story is the location is that it's uh, in Gallup, New Mexico. Yeah, that's, that's right where the old Route Six 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 used to start. Oh, yeah, they changed oh. it in two thousand and three though. To what? Four nine one. Ah, come on, come on, yeah, two thousand three. But the Gallup is actually a really interesting place because it sits right in the middle of like. Four different uh, Indian reservations. Oh, okay. Like, you know, like Navajo, Zuni. There's a whole lot of different, like, Indian reservations around it. So it's very interesting that they choose, like, specifically that place to run uh, a weird Christian militant cult. Well, perhaps the authorities weren't painted... as much attention as they would have yeah. if it was located elsewhere. Going back to Deborah Green, Judge Sanchez said uh, about her victim, a weaker person would not have survived. Uh, that means you can continue on being strong. The abuse came to light last year when authorities raided the compound in Fence Lake near Gallup and found 11, 11 children. Some of them were as young as four years old, all of them being held against their will. So this Damn. is uh, it's a disturbing it's story. I don't think we have to put on our feminist cap for this one, I'm going to say she's a horrible person. Yeah, um, you beat know, her with and, a stick. Uh, beat her know. with a stick, and we can say it. Yeah. So uh, those 11 kids have been taken into uh, into custody, and God, hopefully, uh, they can uh, they can recover from it. Given the long sentence she was given, the DA's, the DA's office is still deciding if it will take this case to trial. Um, so she is going to be gone forever. But yeah, I mean, out of nowhere. Yeah, snappy it's, uniforms though. That white uniform that she has is yeah. uh, really snappy. It's interesting. This is what I'm saying. It's a that's a one good thing about getting into a cult is you get to make your own uniforms and everybody gets to be part of a team that you're immediately in charge of. Yeah, but you can also do that if you get into a dance club or like if you <laughs> maybe yeah whatever. There's so many other ways to do it. But is it if the you bite? just want the uniform? Hi guys, it's Carolina Hidalgo from Last Podcast Network. I co-host a weekly podcast called Movie Sign with the Mads with Frank Conniff and Trace Bellew. The original mad scientist from the hit cult TV show, Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's right, TV's Frank and Dr. Clayton Forrester, along with myself, spend each week discussing and thoroughly dissecting a movie we've recently seen. The premise of our show is very complicated. I hope you can pay attention. We come in once a week and talk about a movie. Okay, I hope you could keep up with that. Past episodes included classics like Taxi Driver, The Godfather, and Sunset Boulevard to our live show recordings of The Shining, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, to newer releases like The Shape of Water, Hereditary, Get Out, and Mandy. Some we like, some we don't. We agree, we disagree. But in the end, it's all about movies and you, the viewer, and your suggestions. The viewer, no, it doesn't come through that way. It's on the radio. It's on a podcast. A podcast, and it's free. There's no real continuity between the episodes, so click on the movie episode you'd like to hear about. Check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you can find podcasts, or just look for us on lastpodcastnetwork.com under shows. Thanks, everyone, and enjoy the show. Um, we'll do this really quick because we're running out of time. But I just want to quickly say the good news story of the week. Three-year-old boy missing in freezing weather for two days because he said he was looked after by a bear. Woo! And he was actually, you know what? I, I want to take a little bit of a lead on this news story because okay. I, I got a news story for you guys. To, talk, to to refute the bear information. Wow. This is, we're trying to bring Marcus one is, nice story. Marcus story, is wildly against the narrative of the story. I don't know what it is about you. Like, is it about false narrative of bears? Is like, is it that kind of yeah. shit? 
The story of a three-year-old boy who said he survived two nights alone in the woods due to the assistance of a friendly bear should not encourage people to seek out their own relationships with bears. Well, no kidding! A leading ursine expert has warned. Last week, rescuers in North Carolina found three-year-old Casey Hathaway crying but safe, entangled in a patch of thorny bushes, having been missing in a wooded area in freezing conditions for two nights. Casey told police he survived due to the presence of a black bear, yes. which kept him company. It it's absolutely nice. why why would the boy make it up? No, he's, he's only he's three, three years old. No, that's exactly he doesn't what he know was, what a have bear is. Spoken to a three-year-old. Have I, you? No. I speak to three-year-olds every day. <laughs> have you heard a three-year-old and then you? Yeah, they're having fun. And then, and then, and then, and then, a then a bear came, showed up. And a bear came, and then, and he brought me fruit. And then a rabbit came, and he brought me fruit. <laughs> well, he was in a thorny bush. Who likes thorny bushes? Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Of oh. course. And I'll, I'm going to say to refute you, Mr. Marcus, Brianna Hathaway, this is the boy's aunt, she says he said he hung out with a bear for two days. And she wrote on Facebook, God sent him a friend to keep him safe. God is good. Miracles do well, happen. That's why I don't like. I don't like fucking shoehorning her fucking evangelism into God this sent bullshit. the bear. And to refute you, this seemingly remarkable tale of Jungle Book style interspecies friendship was likely a product of Casey's imagination. However, according to one veteran bear expert, said Chris Servine, a bear researcher at the University of Montana, I've never known such a thing to happen. Bears don't do that. While he, bears aren't friendly with people. I don't want to say he's not telling the truth. He obviously thinks he's seen things, and maybe he's got a teddy bear at home, but I've seen no evidence anything like that has ever happened. Oh my God, I'm going to say it like this. Yeah, I feel like, number one, he got paid for that interview. I definitely think he's taking money. He's on the dole. He's making that yep. bear money. Yep. And two, for some reason, he doesn't want to believe this, and he, uh, for, because you know he's never been close to a bear. That's right. And he's always wanted to be desperately so. Wanted yeah. to be friends with a bear. Could never bridge the gap because they all fucking know that he's the fucking man. He's a bear cop, so yeah. you can't fucking trust him. And three, I think a, a part of it is that he feels he needs to say something as a member of the bear science community in order to discourage people from doing it. This kid is the future Jane Goodall for bears. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you really want to bear whisper, if you want to know about the uh, the behaviors of bears and how bears react with humans and how difficult it is to really train a bear, you read this book called Dancing Bear. They're about dancing bears in Russia. Bears uh, are quite yeah. the. Uh, uh, particular animals. Well, I yes. read a Facebook post, quote, God sent him a, a friend to keep him safe. God is good. Miracles Blech. do happen. Blech. There uh, it is. I, okay, though. Imagine the flip of this whole storyline. No bear, but it, it's he did meet somebody in the forest, and it's just a man in a dirty furry uniform <laughs> who just lives in the woods. <laughs> who's just like, oh, yeah, I'm a bear, spiritually. Right. Wing. And he's like bringing him honey and shit. And he's like, the bear man is a good man. Meanwhile, it's just a fucking drifter escapee from a mental asylum. But if he's being nice, nice to the kid, yeah. yeah, that's fine with me. I don't care. It's like, uh, what's the dude from uh, Problem Child? Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lloyd's character. No, that's Michael Richards in Problem Child. Oh, Christopher whatever. Christopher Lloyd was in Dennis the Menace. Dennis yeah, the Menace. Yeah, we're eating beans. We're having fun. You're too just surprised he's not a pedophile character that I guess are a yes. must for every rapscallion boy movie. Well, maybe they edited that part out. I don't know, but Dennis was a menace. Good luck, my man. I don't think mm -hmm. that's going to happen. Dennis, Dennis will kick a your butt. Terrorist. I, I know. Um, okay, well, I'm going to believe it. Um, you know, that kid got a book published, and he said he went to heaven. Burpo? Burpo got a book published. Got a movie. 
didn't that didn't that movie? Cause I, I think it was. Yeah, I saw a trailer for this movie. It looks fucking awful. <sighs> there are so many actors. Been. Well, there's so many. There are like famous ish yeah. actors. There's just so many paycheck <laughs> performances where these yeah. guys are just like, all right, like the yeah. uh, like it's one like of the, the dudes that one of the dudes that was in Scrubs. Is, oh, is that like, Braff? No, the other guy. The other oh. guy. Yeah. Like yeah. There's, yeah, there's definitely there's a lot of people like just looking for paychecks these days doing these shitty Christian films. Well, I, I hope that say. little kid got a fucking wake up call about how difficult it is to write a book. That's for certain. <laughs> <laughs> Burpo. Well, uh, yes, absolutely. And of course, that's going to be for profit. That whole story was for profit. Yeah. And if you want to watch uh, how truly horrible um, the inside workings of the evangelical community, I rewatched. Um, what was it called? Jesus. Through the eyes of Tammy Faye. About Tammy Faye Baker. It's a documentary narrated by RuPaul. It came out in 2000, but what Jerry Falwell did to Jim Baker and Tammy Faye was brutal. Mm -hmm. Really interesting. Anyway, so check that out. Okay, lastly, my feel-good story, although it's not really a feel-good story, but I just didn't know it was possible. Police say a Connecticut woman charged with driving under the influence was drunk on vanilla extract. I, I guess that has a bunch of booze in it. It is very alcoholic. No, Who is no this, idea. Like Giada De Laurentiis? Is this somebody from, from one of the fucking baking shows, like no. Anne Burrell or some bullshit? I just saw a pioneer woman make her own vanilla extract using a bottle of cheap brandy and vanilla bean gels. So this is fifty-year-old Stephanie Warner Grice. She was sitting in her car at the intersection. Her eyes were closed. She fell asleep. It was four forty-five in the afternoon. Uh. <laughs> a rough day. Officers say they found several bottles of pure vanilla extract inside the car. They said they detected an odor of vanilla on her breath, and her speech was slurred. I, I just didn't realize Weird. that you could get that hammered yeah. off of vanilla extract. But Why is she drinking like she's Mrs. Claus? <laughs> <laughs> It's very strange. <laughs> I know. Well, that's kind of why I thought it was such a funny, it gets such a weird thing to just get hammered off of vanilla Do you remember extract, when you were a kid, were you ever told that like snorting nutmeg was a uh, substitute for cocaine? We did it. I mean, I did it with my friends, just like the little challenge with like, I think I did salt also. It just I, hurts a lot. Vanilla extract, 70 proof. 70 Whoa. proof? 70 proof. A little bit more than like vodka. But it's that's the thing though is that by volume it's much much more expensive. Right. So that's the interesting thing about this. Yeah. But Mrs. maybe Claus, your body doesn't great. test for alcohol or something. Is this got this? Maybe she's on parole or some shit. Now, I think she just needed a drink. I, I don't think know. She's probably just an alcoholic. I think and it's just. There were there was vanilla extract around, and so she grabbed it and drank I it. I know, I know. That's the, that's your theory. I, it's also <laughs> my theory that this news story comes from the cops in Candyland, and yes, this is one yes. of the things they see on a regular basis. Um, oh all right, my God. Well, hey, if you're gonna get drunk out there, guys, don't do it in your car. You can drink whatever you want. No. Uh, there's a couple of things I'm gonna say to not do. Rubbing alcohol is not good for you, Ooh, man. I don't no. care how much you need to get it. If you're gonna relapse, just get beers and then go back into treatment. I don't know what to say. Don't do the poison part of it. Don't Don't. drink Purell. You don't need to do it that way. Um, If you're going to relapse, relapse in a fun way. Or just, yeah, just take care of yourself. Don't do it behind it, no matter what you do. Uh, don't be behind any heavy machinery or a car or a motorcycle or a tricycle or any kind of bike. And um, I'll tell you what, because every single time I'm worried about if I can make it, I think about this inspirational quote from Sammy Hagar. You write me up for 125 posts or my face wanted dead or alive. Take my license. All that jive. I can't drive 55. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Um, all right. There I was, will not drive. There was one dude I remember, an alcoholic, who used to do, he was like, yeah, the thing with rubbing alcohol, they don't let me have booze in the house, but I have that. And you can, you, uh, you filter it through white bread. Yeah. And then he would eat the white bread. I think. Uh, anyway, it was disgusting. Um, all right, everyone. Well, take care of yourselves. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to this show. Um, can we? We do have some announcements. It, the, it's general now uh, for our for our uh, live shows. Yes, it yes. is. So get out there, check out our live shows. Three nineteen in Nashville. We got three twenty in Cincinnati. All right. Three twenty two in Cleveland. Three twenty three in good old fashioned Pittsburgh. Gonna go and see the fam and get. Wild! I cannot wait. I love those cities. It'll yeah. be nice to see the Midwest. I've never we been to go- Cincinnati. I have never been to Cincinnati either. Yeah. I know they got the chili, and I'm going to say it's a little controversial, but I'm going to get a chili dog. You're going to get a chili dog? I'm because huh? I'm rowing. Is I've lost oh. no weight, but I am. I'm wearing plastic <laughs> bags, and I'm rowing. I'm sweating. It's okay for you to have some carbs. It's good for you to have some carbs. Yeah, no, you I and I could sit and do a traditional, because traditionally Cincinnati, Cincinnati chili, I believe, is served over spaghetti. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, so yeah. we could That's sit good. and have a plate of that and attempt to do a show. Sure. Yeah. We've done this before. <laughs> Remember, we got the barbecue in Kansas City, and then we Ooh. did a show like, hey, everybody. <laughs> yes. How's everybody? How's everybody? Feeling like, <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> great. Yeah. So check out our Patreon. Thank you all so much for giving uh, to that. Uh, this week, Henry and I, um, Henry and I, interviewed Detective Mike Proctor. He's a former homicide detective. He wrote the book on stalking, um, not a how-to, how to stop it. Yeah. Um, so yes, check that out. Thank you all so much. And I'm just gonna say this: can't wait to see you on the road and hail yourselves. Well, hey, live like this is it, man. Because it is love, like. You got a pocket full of condoms and a, and a shoes full of lube, and I want you to laugh like you're a man on the way to the electric chair. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They finally got me. <laughs> uh-huh. They finally got me. <laughs> what was He'll Ted see. Bundy's? His Ted Bundy's last words were like, "Sorry for all the trouble." Something Sorry like that. about what that all that. So. Yeah, it was something God. ridiculous. Was totally it, spaced. Did they talk about do that? Did they talk about the James Dobson interview? Yes, they talk about him blaming it on pornography and James yeah. Dobson. Speaking of evangelicals, uh, watch the Tammy Faye bleh. doc and watch the Bundy doc, and uh, just bleh. they are such scum bags. They somehow blamed women for just having boobs. Still, yeah, yes. it came all around to pornography being the problem. Oh yes. Um, all right, hail yourselves. Hail me. Pornography is never the problem. Pornography is the solution. Yeah, again, if uh, pornography was the problem, then uh, we would not have survived the uh, 70s. Literally all of us would be in jail right now if pornography was a problem. I have to have pornography in jail. when we're on the road. We, it's, it's, an, it's nice, and they're actually humans that make it, and they're actually very nice people for the most part. Very nice, yeah. Thank you for being here, Marcus. Thank you for Thank having Thank you, Marcus. It was fun to talk about Bundy and all the other stuff. The bear story isn't real. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com.
Ashley for the love of home. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.